your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, this is Catherine Praisewater, your host. This week I watched with sadness as Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris burned. Notre Dame is a place for healing, a place of pilgrimage and prayer, and millions visit Notre Dame to be in the presence of iconic relics. Well, I want to let my listeners in France know that I am certainly thinking about you. You've shared your Gothic cathedral with the world for centuries, and it will be rebuilt, and it will again be a place for reflection, prayer, and all that is positive. There are stories everywhere, and people everywhere, and I am always so happy to share their stories with you. But not only are the guests worldwide, but you, my listeners, are as well. Well, I am so excited to bring you part two with Father Ray Kelly, the singing Irish priest. This episode, Father Ray Kelly reminisces about Britain's Got Talent and his Everybody Hurts memorable audition. He also shares his thoughts on South Africa when he was assigned as a missionary to the people there. Father and I had such a wonderful conversation, full of laughter, lots of inspiration. Well, he continues to serve his parishioners over in Ireland at Old Castle County Meet. And right now he is working on the production of his next album. And if you want to become an executive producer of Father Ray Kelly's new album, then you can head over to kickstarter.com and search Father, all spelled out, Father Ray Kelly's third album, Again, that is kickstarter.com. You can also get this information from his Facebook page at Reverend Ray Kelly. And I will also provide information at yourpositiveimprint.com. And Father also does concerts, so if you want to bring him over to your area, then of course contact him. Actually, I have a goal that includes Chris Knoll, who is my favorite pianist. I use Chris's music for this podcast. For me, he is a brilliant composer. But for you and many others, you'll know him best as John Denver's keyboard player. Well, a goal of mine is to bring Chris on piano and Father Ray Kelly on vocals together for a show. The two would just have a stellar, rad time, not to mention how much fun the audience would have. Well, thank you, listeners, for being here with me at Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.? This is part two of the episode with Father Ray so Kelly. you're not just serving through your, your work as a priest you and as a friend. You have been this singing priest everywhere you've gone and have brought... <laughs> I mean, that brings joy to people when they sing and they go to shows and they dance and they... It, it's a yeah, joyful thing. Yeah, and yeah. your band, I, I, I'm trying to think of... Rafiki. How, how'd you come upon that name? Because it's a great name. R- Rafiki. Well, you see, the Kiltegan Fathers, the order I was with, worked a lot in Nigeria and Swahili is the, one of the main languages in Nigeria. So um, it's one of the African languages, okay. you know, so so we thought about it for a while and we said, well, you know, let's come up with something African because we were doing this for Africa anyway, you know. Okay. So then now you're a parish priest and you've been there for 13 yeah. years yeah. and you've yeah. been leaving your imprint. And when you were growing up, did you sing when you were growing up? Was it something you hadn't interested in? I know you weren't interested <laughs> in being a priest because that obviously didn't, didn't, enter didn't at all. come in your mind, but you were. Yeah, we were We were a very musical family, though. My, my mom and my mother played the piano and sung. My father played the accordion. My brother's musical. My sisters were musical. You know, as kids growing up, we were almost like little show pieces when we'd go and visit some of the aunts or the uncles. 
we'd always be pushed out there. Go on, go and sing and go and sing a song for your Auntie Mary or your Uncle John or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're shoved out there like to perform, you know, and strange. One of the songs I always used to sing and when they got to know about it, everyone used to ask me was a song called The White Rose of Athens. Did you ever hear that song? I do not think I have. Hey, there you go. Check that one out. It, did you ever hear of a singer called Nana Muscuri? No. Greek, Greek, Greek. She's Greek. Okay, I will have to. <laughs> you better check that one I out. I will so check you know. that one out. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, yeah, Ray, father, well, I wasn't a priest. And Ray, you have to sing the White Rose of Athens. You have to sing the White Rose of Athens. And at that time, you see, I had a sound of a false set of voice. So I kind of could sing almost like Freddie Mercury, very high you know, go up to those notes. And I used to use that voice more than any other. I didn't even know I had actually a tenor voice, a good tenor voice. <laughs> and you all. have a wonderful one. You know, until much later in life. Uh, and um, when I discovered that, then I kind of, now I can actually bring the two together with, with songs and music as well, which is great, you know. So, but you asked me a question there earlier about South Africa. In part one, Father talks about his journey into the priesthood with the Keltigan Priests, a missionary society. Father was sent down to South Africa to serve the people there. When he arrived, apartheid was supposed to have been breaking up, but Father was experiencing quite a number of situations where segregation was still taking place. It was stressful for him because he did not know how to change things. I suppose one of one or two of the things that really shocked me when I went there first was that I remember going to the bank one day and uh, there was a separate queue for black people and a separate queue for white people. So there was a massive queue out the door. So I just presumed you joined the queue and some of the people, some of the people behind the desk in the bank saw me and they, they called me forward and they said, come up, come up, you come up here. And she actually dealt with me straight away. And it was only when I came out, I actually realized you know, there was actually a separate queue for white people and a separate queue for black people. Was that, I mean, that had to have been something very stressful to have witnessed. It was. I don't know, for some reason, there was no way around it at the time. There was just, you know, that was that was it. And there were a few eye-openers for me, really, in South Africa in those times, you know. Uh, I've been back a couple of times since visiting people and things have changed, obviously. Well, let's move ahead to your experiences on Britain's Got Talent. You decided to go and, and inspire others with your voice and your courage to go to the Britain's Got Brit Talent. Britain's Got Talent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really want to do it, but the, these uh, ITV in, in UK, um, like most places, are probably in the US as well, they do a lot of scouting from watching things on YouTube and stuff like that. So I actually, they were on to me for a while about possibility of entering the competition. And I said, no, no way. I says, no way would I do it because this is, <laughs> it's all about, I always feel it's all about the judges. And, and anyway, I wouldn't have the courage to get up and sing in front of Simon Cowell. Yeah. No way. No way. I said, not at this stage of my life, you know, and I don't need that. I don't need that kind of pressure. And they said, well, we promise you, you'll have a very positive experience about it. And I didn't have to go through the initial auditions. I was straight into the audition in the London Palladium with three or four thousand people, I think. And then the four judges as well. And uh, I we, we decided on the song to sing Everybody Hurts because I knew I could sing it pretty good. And it's a very meaningful song. It was and very meaningful. <clears throat> and when you say we decided, is this someone from the show, a producer? From yeah, the show? OK. Yeah, well, the show, but as well as that, I had recorded that song. It's on my album, one of my albums, um, Where I Belong album, you know, the song. And they probably heard heard it from that as well. And it's a beautiful version of it, you know, and they probably heard that and they said, let's go with this, you know. So 
Um, with that in mind, then I went over to London, actually, when I actually went over and you go through the whole procedure of signing contracts and meeting ITV1, ITV2, ITV3, all the different TV stations. They all want interviews. And, and then I went out and, and, and performed the song. And um, I genuinely wasn't. I kind of thought and I thought, well, sure, look, at, I'll give it a shot. And if I get four or five minutes on TV exposure, it'll be worth it for that anyway. You know, that's and that was my ambition. Look, at, you know, after that, it doesn't matter what happens. So. I um, sung the song. Interestingly enough, what you saw and what you see on YouTube and what I sung were slightly different because the song is about five minutes long, but they actually cut it down to about two minutes. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the song. So when I'm when you sing a song and the full story of the song, obviously you get more emotional into it. But but they brought out the best bits of it in fairness, you know, and in in the ITV because that's what they do, cut and paste anyway, you know. So. Um, but there was a, after I'd finished the song and I knew well the judges were, it's kind of like, you know, well, by watching them, that you have them, that you, they're, they're listening, they're, they're intent in what they're hearing. And um, the audience as well. And there was no, there was almost like, it was like, as somebody said, I almost like had them in a trance, but I didn't kind of see it like that. But uh, in, refl- in hindsight, you could see that they really were um, in tu- tuning into what I was singing. There was, when I'd finished the song, there was a pause for about three, maybe four seconds. I noticed that. And it was like, I thought, and that three or four seconds, I was thinking, I'll walk off the stage now and forget this ever happened because I didn't know what, there was just like silence. And I said, let me out of here, let me out of here. And I didn't know what to do. And I, but no, but I knew I had, because I've watched the program, I watched the program and I knew they'd have to make some comment. And I kind of said, OK, hit me with it. So and that's the way I felt, hit me with it. And then Simon Cowell stands up and starts cheering and a round of applause. And the four, the other three judges and the London Palladium just erupt then. It's almost like, you know, they were waiting for the God of judges to give them permission to do it. But they wanted, <laughs> they wanted to do it. They wanted to do it. And they, could, they were almost ready. They could, didn't want to hold back. But yet they were waiting for the God of God's judges to get up and lead this. And he did. And then there was an eruption of, of, of standing ovations after that, you know, which I was blown away by. Then I began, I wasn't nervous singing the song. Then I began to shake and get nervous. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. And now the, the exorcism question in the beginning, which I thought yeah. was, was that a planned thing or did Simon? Totally, Kirsch... totally off the cuff. Again, there was a bit more in it because Simon... I think there was some, I, when Simon says, do you, you know, do exorcisms. And I says, I says, yeah, have you somebody in mind? But they cut that line out and they left in, um, they left in the bit where, uh, we, yeah, I, I, yeah, we can work, work. Because Simon did look over at David and he says, David, but they left that bit out. And then they have me coming in and saying, yeah, um, I, we can work on David whenever you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, it, it certainly brought <laughs> out the humorous part of you. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did, yeah. It sure did, yeah. Yeah, that that yeah. Well, that was interesting, and and then it kind of all went from there as far as your record. Well, you had records out before that. Yeah, I've record uh, recorded an album after the Hallelujah story. The uh, I was uh, they actually built a recording studio for me here in the house to record the album, and Universal Music signed me up. Universal International signed me up, and we recorded the album here in my house, and then I went over to Vienna to tweet it for about a week just to do the final polishing off of it. The guy who produced it, the guys who produced it were from Vienna. They uh, they were quite happy to be spent nearly a month here in Ireland with me working on the album. And uh, that was great. It was 
amazing experience. I never thought it was hap- going to happen to me. Here I was, a 60-year-old guy at the time, and this all happening to you, you know? Um, but that's and, so uh, inspiring that it did. And it's what is so positive about this is how you are you. Your parishioners in your congregation, they absolutely love you. And it didn't change you except for the better to to bring more positive actions and to inspire more positive achievements into our world. And I think that is remarkable. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, looking back on it, I didn't think I was doing anything great because what I was doing, I love doing and I love to sing, you know. So, you know, for me to get the opportunity to sing and to record was a great experience. And, and But the volume of emails and letters that come in, for, for example, after the Hallelujah experience and the wedding and uh, and um, and it was up on, on Times Square in New York and I wasn't expecting any of this at all because I just I what I did at that, that wedding was what I'd done for I've been doing for years except that it has been captured by somebody and put it up on on YouTube and it's now almost what 66 million hits or something like that what is super inspiring about how you sing is you sing with emotion yeah it was yeah, true yeah, yeah. to heart and that when I watched that hallelujah it was Oh my gosh. And my sister and I, then we had to listen to all your songs and start buying them off of Amazon. And this was 1130 at night and we were up till 130 in the morning. <laughs> and then the next night we had to share them with my mother and she was just so oh, excited. God. And your music is starting to go around Idaho and New Mexico now, which is really awesome. Ah, lovely. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. But it's your emotion. Uh, yeah, I suppose, you know, I, I mean, I've, I got, after the after the everybody hurts thing down in the Britain's Got Talent, I mean I suppose I got a lot of emails as well from different people. One of the ones which really and I mean I, I actually remember shaking afterwards because a lady wrote to me and I don't know what part of the world she's in, but she said she has been suffering from chronic pain for years, and she says I have my had my suicide letter written because she says I couldn't take it anymore, and for some reason I was up during the night. And I happened to turn on the computer and I flicked through YouTube and you came up, she says. And she says, it was like the Holy Spirit, she says. I don't know what it was, the Holy Spirit, what it was. It was almost like a calmness and a peace came over me. And she says, all of a sudden, she says, I could realize that there was hope in my life as well. And she says, that, uh, I wrote to her to thank her for her email. And she wrote back to say that her doctors had found a new drug, which was easing her pain a lot. And she says, you don't realize, you'll never know the amount of people you've reached with those songs. And that that kind of made me feel, oh my God, what's going on here? You know, this is, you know, beyond me really, you know. Oh, people want positive things. And I love hearing the bells. Oh, that's my six o'clock here in Ireland. Yeah, 6 8 p.m. And what time is it in the States? Uh, it's 11 in the morning. Okay, it's, yeah, it's six bells here now. So that's, we, we're in the Angeles twice a day here, 12 noon and uh, 6 p.m. in the evening, yeah. There you go. Oh, that's great to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are such a delightful person and just so inspiring. And you were so heartfelt when you talked about your sister over the loss of your sister. Yeah. So sorry over that. Mm -hmm. Death is just a difficult thing for everybody. And I I really like what you said in the beginning of this podcast or somewhere in the beginning when you were talking about how you just, you needed to be home with your family when you were out in South Mm. Africa. And that, I think that there is another positive imprint that people are inspired, that it's okay to want to be with the family, to 
keep those bonds together, yeah. even though you yeah. have a commitment yeah. elsewhere, but to know that you're just an ordinary person like the rest of the yeah. world, yeah. but you are inspiring others. Yeah, I would like to, you know, I, as I said, I don't see it that way at all. I just do, do the job I do. It's strange. I think when I went to South Africa and went for the missionary order going back all those years ago, I felt that, well, it's all or nothing. I had to give it everything. And I suppose afterwards, when I was out there, I realized, well, I don't have to. You can still give a lot, but you don't have to give everything. I could still come home and work and be a priest and do a job and do, a, you know, an inspiring job and still be at home with family and people I love. And because I suppose in a sense, you know, when you have the people that you love around you and are with you, then I think you do all the more because, you know, it's it's them that support you at the end of the day more than anybody else. You know, That's heartwarming. Absolutely. And it is the yeah. truth. And it is the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm going to post your links on my website. Okay. Your music. It's it's wonderful. And the Christmas music. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, holy night. Yeah. That had nice, me yeah. in. I, I loved it. Uh, oh, holy mm -hmm. night is a special song for our family. We lost our dad at Christmas in 2017. Yeah, at our house. Oh dear, that's that's tough. That's tough. That is tough. Was it before or after Christmas or just during Christmas or? It was the 22nd. Oh, three days before Christmas Day. Okay, okay. So, that was tough. And 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 you know, in a sense, Christmas will never be the same again. For a start, Christmas but. will never be the same again. Oh, holy night! The song truly changed for us because, Dad left us here at our house I and mean, it was Christmas dinner and the whole family was here from around the country. Yeah. Everybody was here, all of his kids. And it, he just literally died in the driveway, getting oh. in the truck to go home. Oh my God. And it, it was, it was hard. And Oh Holy Night is just a song that we sang mm. right away. And we mm. were singing some of the forbidden, not forbidden, but some of his songs that my mother yeah. didn't particularly care for. My dad was in the military and, yeah. you know, they had songs about women and such. And he used to sing those. And yeah, yeah, we were yeah. singing those. And Oh Holy Night is special. And I love your version. That's a beautiful version. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lovely version. All right. You know, I'm hoping this year now to try and get a few Bob together and uh, record another album because it looks like it'll be in the States again in September anyway. So, um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out there the last the last two years. I've been out there. I had about I had ten concerts last September, and the year before I had about nine or ten as well. Yeah, yeah, all over the states. And that'll be posted on your Facebook page. Hopefully, yeah, to be up on the Facebook page. And so we're we're actually looking for our places. So if you know of anybody around your New Mexico or would like to see me come along and sing in a church or something like that, yeah, it'd be great. Oh, absolutely. I will. I actually have a couple of things in mind that I want to chat with you about. Okay. So. Yes. And then is there anything else that you wanted to add to your Positive Imprint podcast right now? No, I'm happy. That was a lovely interview. It was lovely to meet you and to talk to you as well. And, and um, you know, I, I, I really, really, it's strange, you know, it's lovely to share the story when I, I don't get that, that often to share it now because everybody knows about it. So a lot of people don't ask me about it anymore. So it's actually lovely to go back on those years. And at the moment, I've started to write a book. Now, I'm not, it's not going great, but all the memories of going back from childhood and everything, um, like even, you know, like I probably, I don't know, did you read actually the homily I wrote about my sister when she died? But we were very close and how we were always, my mother was a midwife and um, she used to deliver babies everywhere all over the country. And when mom would come back home, she'd leave her medical bag in the hallway 
and my young sister that died and myself would sit up at the hallway each side of her medical bag and we'd be listening to the bag to see was there a baby in it because we could <laughs> we couldn't figure out how she was bringing babies to every house in the countryside <laughs> and she wouldn't bring one to our house you know and uh you know, so I was right. I was writing about some of that stuff last week, and so all the memories means the amount of stuff that comes back to you. You know, when you start writing, you know. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love that you're doing that. Well, your entire family had positive imprints, and those grew on you. And yeah, and I, I, I just I'm I love that the positive imprint is starting to to stick. And people really want to hear joyful stories. Good stories, absolutely. It's very important. As I say, we only get one journey. You know, we have to do the best we can. And you are doing an awesome job. Thank you, Catherine. And I so much appreciate you. And I look forward to your book. Okay. And and the memories. And I look forward to maybe ne you said next year you'll be in the states. Next next September, yeah. Hopefully next September. Now, yeah, yeah. We're we've. I think we're uh, we've a couple of we've. Nebraska, with Oregon, with Toledo, a few places lined up already. So um, we're uh, trying to get a few more places now to to, get, to make it my work my while. When you fly out that distance, you know, to make it worth your while, you need to try and pack in about ten concerts over two two and a half weeks right. anyway. You know, so that's the plan. Thank you so much. You are okay. a positive imprint. Thanks, Catherine. Lovely to talk to you. I so much enjoyed it. Well, Father celebrates his birthday in just a few days. Happy birthday, Father Ray! Well, head over to my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, where you can sign up for email updates, and you can also find links to Father Ray Kelly's social media and other information. Music for this podcast is by Chris Knoll, chrisknoll.com. And a quick update regarding Canella and James from the episode Cinnamon Sugar and Spice Cafe. Canella is opening up an additional location of Cinnamon Sugar and Spice Cafe at the historical Knob Hill Shopping Center in Albuquerque, New Mexico, USA. She opens April 24th. When you go into either of her locations of Cinnamon Sugar and Spice Cafe, please tell them hello from Catherine from the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Your Positive Imprint, or Twitter at What's Your PI. Please leave positive reviews and hit that positive button, that subscribe button, and subscribe to this podcast, Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? Subscribe now.